Welcome to the Sick and Successful Podcast. If you're a business owner, work in corporate, or have a side hustle you're passionate about, you're going to want to stick around because I promise to ask the tough questions and talk about the things others shy away from. You know, what it's really like to own a business and be chronically ill. I'm going to give you that push you need towards following your dreams and be the friend you come back to week after week to talk about the real things in life and in business. If you have goals and are working towards them, if you're determined to be successful, no matter what life's obstacles get in the way, this podcast is for you. Dream big and tune in. Welcome back to the Sick and Successful podcast. This is your host, Natalie. We have a phenomenal guest with us today. Her name is Beth Ruffin. Beth is the CEO of The Everyday Inclusionist, which is a boutique consulting firm focused on helping leaders learn how to be more inclusive. She has fibromyalgia, but that did not stop her from becoming a successful business owner. She's very passionate about inclusion because she has been exposed to different races, ethnicities, sexual orientations, and socioeconomical classes as a child in her hometown, Abington, Pennsylvania. She is an author, a TEDx speaker. In 2019, she left corporate America and started her own consulting firm, wrote two books, and started a podcast, You Belong Here with Beth Ruffin. Welcome, Beth. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Full disclosure, everyone. We just we just recorded like 10 minutes of this podcast when I found out I was not recording and I'm heartbroken because the conversation was so good, but we're going to try to have it for you again. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So my question for Beth was the word fibromyalgia seems to be a word that a lot of people know and a lot of people have heard of, but really what is fibromyalgia? I don't think many of us know. I have a close friend who had that, has that diagnosis, But to be honest, like other than knowing that it's a a term for an illness that people don't really know what the illness is, like that's all I know. So if you would elaborate for us a little bit more and kind of let us know how it affects you. Absolutely. And you're not alone. And I think there is so much confusion around fibromyalgia because it is such a large diagnosis. Yeah. Right. So fibromyalgia is a chronic illness, right, Um, that has no cure. And the hallmarks of it are chronic fatigue and chronic pain. Now, the thing with fibromyalgia is that it affects every bodily system that we have. Reproductive, nervous, right? Um, Circulatory, all of those things. And so if you were to look at the list of possible symptoms of fibromyalgia, it would probably be 10 pages long. Research comes out every now and again with why they think it was caused, right? My personal diagnosis happened after a tragic event. Mm -hmm. So I had a tragic event. The next day I got shingles. And then I started having, yeah, (laughs) in my thirties, I was like, (laughs) like a few months ago, just had them. Oh no. So, you know, right. I know. And then after that is when the symptoms started. Um, And it took me three years to be diagnosed. So I was going to the um, rheumatologist. He's testing me for lupus and MS and everything. Um, And that's something to know too, is that fibromyalgia is typically um, an exclusion diagnosis where they have to exclude everything else and then come to that. I had to go to the um, Mayo Mayo Clinic to get diagnosed because they couldn't do anything locally. But the way it affects me is that um, I am tired and I am in pain every single moment of every day. You mentioned um, when we weren't recording that sometimes someone touches you or can touch you lightly and it can feel like a punch because you're 
your nerves are misfiring and that I can't even imagine that. So how do you manage having such, you know, an extensive diagnosis, such a kind of crazy chronic illness and being so successful, like a TEDx speaker, a two-time author, having, working with just, you know, the, some amazing corporations? Yeah. So the first thing is I had to learn about my diagnosis and I had to learn about myself. Mm -hmm. So I have to be really in tune with my body and I have to be able to listen to my body, um, which is really important because I'm an overachiever. I'm a type A, I'm a Capricorn, right? All those stereotypes about those things are true about me. Um, I think most of us, most of our listeners can relate. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. So you know where I'm at. But um, Some days I may be only able to work two hours. Mm -hmm. You know, some days that brain fog is going to be so intense that I can't even get anything done. And so the first I would say is I had to learn about my diagnosis and learn about myself. The second is um, the professional help. So therapy uh, is amazing. Medications are amazing to help keep my brain regulated. And then I think the third is knowing how to set boundaries um, for myself and for others. And so, you know, when I'm working with people, I'm very open about, you know, hey, I have this chronic illness and this affects me in these certain ways. And so this is important for you to know as you're working with me. That's so beautiful. I don't think a lot of people do that. The, you know, the, the whole podcast name is Sick and Successful. So a lot of people, they would have no idea like on a day-to-day basis when they're in the corporate world or in the business world anywhere uh, working with, you know, really successful business owners, business owners, like we're both CEOs. But the brain fog and the things like just what happened to me with that, like the words, right? I, that used to never happen, but as diagnosis is progress or medications or whatever, you can't fire at the 10, 12, 13, 14 hour days at max capacity as an overachiever. Right. So it's, it, it can feel like, um, like a grieving process of the old you prior to diagnosis, or even, I mean, I've been diagnosed since I was 18, but it continuously changes. And it feels like, um, we mentioned this a little bit when we weren't recording, but grief, like grieving someone or something, but grief that never gets to go away. Grief that never has some type of closure or feels like far in the distance in the past. Cause it's with you every day. That's um, right. I, th- I always say we're a different breed. Yeah. <laughs> People who are sick and successful, we're, we're a different breed, but I really love how you say that you, you forewarn per se people that you're working with. So tell me how that would look if maybe you got a corporate client, a corporate client that you're uh, introducing and, and starting to work with, how would you mm-hmm. start that conversation? So I let them know about work hours, right? Mm-hmm. These are the specific work hours. I also, you know, give me 48 hours, 24 to 48 hours to return your email. And that gives me a buffer, right? Yeah. So that if I can't, um, I take off Fridays. Absolutely. And that's because I recently found out, I guess we can add this to the list of things. I'm allergic to like everything that's not food. <laughs> and I didn't know. So like all trees, all mold, all uh. So I get three allergy shots every Friday. Wow. Well, I can't do anything after that. Right. And so I'm, I'm very upfront about my schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very upfront about, you know, Hey, here are the ways that, that I may need some support. Um, sometimes, you know, I may not have the answer for you right now because my brain is not working the right way, but I will get it back to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And that's a good way kind of to preface it is in making sure that your boundaries are in place for yourself. And you understand, like you said, you understand your diagnosis before you try to get people to follow them. And I see a pattern with a lot of the people I have on the podcast is most of us have Fridays off, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting because it's not that we're not working always, sometimes maybe, but having that day where there's nothing there. So if on a Tuesday, you're, there's no way that you can get on a podcast or get on a whatever, you have that buffer of, you know, there's nothing booked on that day and you can shuffle things around flexibility. Whereas when you're working a nine to five or you're working for someone that you either call in sick or you don't, and we get to create our schedules, which is so beautiful about, about what we do. But I will say, you know, pre-COVID when I was working, for a corporation, I worked from home. Mm -hmm. And that was, and I was very honest and said, you're going to get more out of me because I don't have to expend that energy to get all dressed up and drive into the office. And so you're going to get- That's true. I did the same thing when I was in corporate. I worked from home for a really long time for the exact same reason and would go see clients when needed, but yeah, and get dressed up and whatever. Cause it takes, people don't realize, but the whole spoon theory, right? It takes- five spoons for us to get out of the house where it takes 0.0 for a quote unquote regular person. So, right. Like the number of times that I take a shower and then I have to sit on the bed for like 10 minutes. I can't shower unless it's before bedtime. Like that is, I'm not doing that during the day. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Unless it's a Friday where I'm not working. I'm just chilling and watching Netflix. It's one of those Fridays. Then okay, fine. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Let's talk a little bit more about what you do for like in your company, because I think it's so important and we've never had someone like you on the podcast. So tell me all the things I need to know. (laughs) So um, my mission in life is to make our world more inclusive. Mm. And there are two parts to that. So I teach um, organizational leaders how to include others. And that looks like going into an organization, maybe doing some executive coaching, maybe doing some strategy work or training, doing organizational assessments to help them see where the gaps are. Um, And then the other part of that is teaching people how to include themselves. And that's really a missing piece because the message that you typically hear is, hey, you need to include others. You need to make sure that they have a seat at the table. But what that does is it still puts all the power in the hands of other people. Right. So what if while a leader is saying, hey, Natalie, I want to include you, right? Then you, Natalie, are also saying, that's great. And here's what I need to be included. Mm. Here are the ways that I need to be engaged, right? Here's the ways that I show up and I want to be engaged with. So this has now become a collaborative process between the one who is including others and the one who is including themselves. And it really makes for a, just a beautiful, I think, environment. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. And you see it so much where companies are inclusive, but then you have someone like you and I who have to work from home. I could not work from an office. They, I, I could make myself, but I would have accidents and issues and whatever. So, but they, you know, they give they may say it's okay, but then you have the little bit lower management and giving you grief, your coworkers get. So it's really not inclusive. I've been in that position more than once. What would you say is the, the thing you see most that corporations need to work on or fix when you come in and it's like a common denominator? They need to listen to the voice of the people. So And some companies maybe aren't even asking for the voice. So a lot of, you know, so I will say to people, okay. How do you know 
how to include your employees. And they, they're like, Ooh. and I'm like, you ask them, <laughs> right? Because we may have a lot of ideas of, oh, this would be so great if we do X, Y, Z. And yeah. we've not even taken the time to listen to our staff, listen to our people and say, what is it that you need? Yeah. How can I support you? What is it that you want? How, how will you best thrive? Right. And then implementing and acting based upon that feedback. Yeah. What would you say is something that employers can do to get those responses? Because I know a lot of the times, you know, they ask or they, there's different ways, even me as an owner of a company I've asked, but you know, to have real and honest feedback sometimes is scary to give that to upper management or to your CEO or whatever. Like what's a good way for it to be safe for the employees? Yeah. Partner with an external organization, an external consultant like myself, Yeah, um, where, because what I do when I come into organizations is I'm going to do those engagement surveys or focus groups and I keep the the data anonymous and I just aggregate it for summary, right? So I'm like, hey, yeah. these are the themes that I'm seeing, but the organization has no idea who said what, where yeah. the, you know, where the specific information came from. And that seems to put employees more at ease. Now there mm-hmm. are going to be some people who will never feel comfortable giving feedback. Yeah. But I think if you are partnering with someone and you have processes in place to keep that data anonymous, you're going to get more honest feedback. That's awesome. I love that so much. I love that so much. Where would you see a, a area that you, that companies are doing better at when it comes to inclusion? Is there one? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think organizations are getting better at talking about the work that they want to do, talking about the mission, talking about the importance. Mm. So I think you know, 10 years ago, we didn't hear a lot of organizations that were even, that even had a diversity statement or even said, we want to have an inclusive work environment. Right. And so I think a lot of organizations are now like, yes, we've made the commitment. They're really strong to making the commitment. Now, I think the next step is let's put this in action. Right. That's actually, yeah. Let's yeah. follow through. What about smaller companies? So I feel like a lot of our conversation is more for the corporate, you know, the bigger corporation. What about your entrepreneur who has, you know, two to 10 employees? What can they do? So I'm, this is going to sound contradictory, but hear me out. I am a really big fan of consistency, right? Now, yes, understanding that everyone has um, a specific need, that everyone has a, you know, a specific journey. But think about the ways that you can be consistent in your approaches so that you're not biased. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, when you're doing an interview process, are you giving everyone the same questions? Are you rating everyone the same way? Or are you going based on a feeling, right? Um, When you're thinking about promotions of your people, is that based on a specific set of, you know, specific set of qualifications or qualities that you want to see, right? Um, are you having regular meetings consistently with all of your people one-on-one so that you know what they need? You're asking them questions. You know, I've seen teams where people, they may be really close with a couple of members of their team. So they'll go out to lunch with those members mm. and they don't mean any harm, but yeah. by not being consistent, now other people feel excluded. Yeah. So really, I would say, really think about how are you putting in consistent processes, consistent procedures so that you can remove bias. 
Yeah, that's very true. Very true. For, I'm in a, in the season of hiring right now. And that's the number one thing for me is I have a series of questions with numbers. Um, I am very like spiritual kind of woo woo. So there is a feeling vibe there, but it's more so after I'm like, okay, here are my top three, you know, which here, like I have actual data versus, eh, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that is a really good tip. I would love to know how you got into this world. So how did you go from working in corporate? Maybe what were you doing in corporate? And then how did you go, you know, what made you so passionate? Of course, I know you went through a lot of it in your hometown, but what made you passionate about actually making these changes in companies? So uh, I was in insurance. So I was in financial services for 20 years. Um, And if you know anything about financial services, it is white male led. It's a very conservative industry. And so I did not see a lot of people like me in leadership. I had hard times even growing my own career. I felt I I hit a lot of roadblocks. And um, so the company that I was with, you know, was having conversations with HR and said, hey, if we ever decide to do something about this, I would love to be a part. And through that, you know, got a position created and started leading some work. And, and realize like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and awesome. so after doing that in corporate for a few years, um, decided to, to really go off and do it on my own and use that expertise, that 20 years of expertise, as well as the lived experience to help more people. That's amazing. I'm interrupting today's episode to let you know about a five-day podcast like a boss challenge that I'm hosting September 19th to the 23rd, and I would love to invite you. It's going to be five days where I teach you the ins and outs of podcasting for your business. So if you have always wanted to start a podcast, or if this kind of just gives you that little bit of intuition, like you're hearing this for a reason... Even if you have a podcast and you wanted to take it to the next level, this five-day boot camp is for you. I'm going to give you the ins and outs of podcasting, meaning how to niche, why to niche, how to launch, and how to have a successful launch, how to actually monetize your podcast, how to create content that converts, how to get listeners, all of the fun things you need to know about podcasting when you own a business. Again, it's five days. If you can't show up with us live, that's totally okay. There will be recordings. It's going to be a phenomenal community, and there's going to be hundreds of dollars of prizes that you can win. So you're not going to want to miss this. Check the link in the show notes below to join the podcast bootcamp for 100% free. And I can't wait to see you there. It's going to be so much fun. Again, it's September 19th to the 23rd. And the link is down below. And I can't wait to see you there. Let's get back into the episode. So what was the journey like getting those first few clients when you were brand new? So fortunately, I'm an extrovert. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had a whole list of contacts. And so I just reached out to people that I knew, colleagues and friends and people that I had come across and said, hey, I started this business. Let me know if you if you need help or if you know of someone who needs help. And it started that way. And it's been based. It's been referral based since then. So um, my personality, I think, definitely helped me. I think also my approach, because there are many ways to do this work. And there is not one way that's right or one way that's wrong. Yeah. But the way that I approach the work is by providing a, a safe and judgment-free space. Mm. And so I tell people, if you're going to like say something wrong, 
I would rather you say it with me. Let me gently correct you before you go out into the world so that you don't make that mistake in public. And I think um, there are people who are drawn to that way of coaching and training. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So maybe, maybe you want to, maybe you don't, but is there like a spilling the tea of like some kind of situation where someone said something ridiculous that we can giggle about? That's okay to share. Yeah. Um, well, for, I can tell you one thing that I said, maybe. Yeah. That was, I'd love that. that. Was ridiculous because I'm always learning too. So I was having a conversation with someone from a, a large zoo here in the U S and they were a zoologist and a veterinarian. So i.e. they love animals. Yep. And so we're having a conversation about doing DEI work and how big it is. And, you know, they were like, how do you do this? And I asked her a colloquialism from the business world. Well, how do you eat an elephant? (laughs) And she's confused. She's like, what? And I'm like one. And as it's coming out of my mouth, one bite at a time and the look (laughs) of horror on her face. And I was like, Beth, you just told someone who loves animals you just talked about eating an animal. So, um, so essentially we all can do it. Yes. We, we laughed about it and it like, she was like, that's okay. But it, it, it has caused me to be a little more conscious yeah. of who I'm talking to. Right. Right. And thinking through how will this land on this person? Yeah. That's such a good way. Like, that's such a good story to put into perspective. Right. Cause you wouldn't think that that could be I don't think offensive, but like triggering maybe to someone, but right. you don't know what their, their values and et cetera is. Yeah. So what would be, let's say uh, one of us said something that was, I don't know, politically incorrect or hurt someone else's feelings in the workplace. What's the best way to approach that? Maybe from either side. Yeah. You know, the, the key is really relationship building it's important to have relationships with people because then you can have conversations with them. Right. But I'm, I'm a fan of, you know, you don't want to embarrass someone. So, you know, taking them to the side and saying, Hey, you said this, and I don't even know if you're aware, but that Mm -hmm. can be offensive. Right. Um, Let me, you know, let me tell you why maybe here's some suggestions for how you want to approach that. Now, I think there are some situations where you may need to say something in a group of people. So for example, as you can imagine in insurance, many times I was the only woman in the room and many times maybe the only person of color in the room. Yeah. And so maybe I got talked over or my ideas weren't listened to. There was something going on and I would leave the room and people would come to me and say, oh my God, Beth, I can't believe, you know, that happened to you. That was, that was so wrong. And my thought was, you know, that's great, but I would have loved if you would have supported me in the room, right? Right. Um, Because we have to realize the privilege that we carry and use that privilege for good. And so I think depending on the situation, you can ask yourself, is this something where I kind of need to elevate the issue and, and throw some support as an ally or is there is this in a situation where I can pull someone to the side and give them some gentle correction? Yeah, I started in a male dominated industry from the age of 21. So I was 21 years old and a little girl, quote unquote, mm-hmm. in a room full of men. And so the amount of times that it happened to me. And I wish I could go back and, you know, be back in that room and be who I am today and stand up for myself. But it's it's women like you that are putting out content like this to help 
others who are in those rooms today to actually make a difference so that we, you know, it's 2022. Like we don't need to be excluding people in a corporate more, what am I thinking? In a, what's the room in a boardroom? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, like yeah. no one should feel excluded when you're in those tables that everyone's around. We should all have a say. And, yeah. and it's to this day, it's still not like that. I know it's not, you know, so Right. Thank you for the work that you do. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> what? So tell me a little bit more about your podcast and your books. What are they about? And yeah. And yeah. So I have two books. The first is called Get Up. Mm. Um, and it talks about a time when I was going through depression and um, how I, I think I had spent three days on the couch uh, and it's a faith-based book and it's talking kind of about that journey to kind of get through that depression and through that brokenness. Um, and it's funny because I have said recently, like, oh, I'm going through some things and somebody will say, get up, go read your book. And I'm like, <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my second book is you belong here. Oh and God. that's the book about um, including yourself and self-inclusion. And that is just, again, how do you speak up for yourself? How do you advocate for yourself, right? Because sometimes you may be the only one who's cheering you on and you've got to, you've got to build up that muscle, that strength yeah. of speaking up for yourself. It's so um, and then that goes with the podcast. So um, the podcast is really giving tips about how can you speak up for yourselves, you know, advocate for yourselves, um, you know, make choices, negotiate, right? All these things that we wish we would have known yeah. uh, as 21-year-old women, right? Right. <laughs> or women in the workplace in general, you know, and and especially disabled women of color, like yeah. you add one extra thing yeah. to it and it's hard. I mean, it's just layers on layers of being excluded. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's a lot of it isn't like, I mean, it can be in the face. A lot of what I experienced was passive aggressive, was hearing rumors later down the road or, you know, because of my Crohn's disease, I always had more of a round stomach. Mm -hmm. Um, and I got to a point where it was quite bad because of a medication I was on. And there were rumors going around that I was pregnant and that I was leaving this day and that day. And it's like, Oh, the amount of stress. And if, if only every corporation could have someone like you in there kind of just like <laughs> helping, yeah. yeah, mediating it all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's hard. You know, um, I, I recall a time I had a handicap license on my car just because I was just, my yeah. body was going through it. And the amount of people who were like, why do you have a license? You know, why do you have handicap? Are the amount of stairs, ugly stairs I got, you know, and yep. um, even, you know, when applying for jobs, you know, well, can you do, you know, do you think you can keep up with the rigor of this role? And like you said, you know, microaggressions, right. Yeah. That yeah. are not necessarily in your face, like, you know, calling you an expletive, but they it's hurt. almost worse. Yeah. yeah it's almost worse. Yeah. Cause you, you sit on it and you're like, just mull it over versus being able to say something back. Our brains don't work that fast. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. How many times I'm like, oh man, I should have, right? I should have said this. <laughs> if only I could have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And tell me about your TEDx experience. How was that? And how did you come across that, that opportunity and how has it been since? Has oh, it changed your business for you? Recently it has. So I've, I've wanted to do a TEDx forever, right? It's one of my me goals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On the vision board. Um, 
I worked with a coach actually who um, has done has has done talks and organized talks wow. and she helped me and helped me apply and so got this opportunity last year to do a TED talk and I talked about how to include yourself and I embarrassed myself by dancing <laughs> on stage um but it was it was a it was a good experience um yeah. I want to do more so I kind of got that first one out of the way. And actually just this week, I got my first call from someone who saw the talk and wants to bring me into their company. So amazing. Like, Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> that's so good to hear. And that's a cool thing about content online is it lives forever. Podcasts, talks, all of the above. And you're going to be changing lives for years and years with a with this podcast or any other ones that you've done a long time ago. So it's really awesome. cool. Thank you. That's really cool. What would you say to someone who just got diagnosed and is, is struggling with a chronic illness, but, but is, you know, a go-getter like you and I, and wants to have a successful career? Get your support system, right? Um, as much as my family and friends love me, they don't know what it's like to feel the way I feel. Yeah. Um, and so get people, be, be, be part of a community of folks who know what you're going through because that's so important to be able to vent, to ask questions. Um, I would also say, get a good doctor. Mm, um, so for yeah. me, the um, one of the fibromyalgia associations, they have a list of good doctors for, that, for people with fibro. And I found one here in South Carolina and she's amazing. Like she explains things to me. She doesn't judge so me, important. she takes time. And so that helps to uplift me as well, you know, so make sure you have the good medical professional advocate for yourself. If, if you're not getting what you need, it's, you have the right to either demand it or find someone else and then get that support system. Exactly. Exactly. And a little tidbit I'll add to that is a lot of the communities for chronic illness can be a little bit of like a downer. So find the people from those communities that can be your like in the DMs type of support system that also have the dreams that you do. Because I found I was diagnosed in 2007. So it was a long, long time ago. Yeah. I found when I was at my lowest, I would dive into those communities and it would pull me down. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, a balance between having people who really, really get it and having people who inspire you to do, to reach the stars, to do what you want to do, to dream big, because it is possible. And that's the premise of this podcast, but it's possible to do anything um, Absolutely. If, if you want it, if you, that's, that's kind of the, you know, of course there's going to be different ways and limitations, et cetera, but you can accomplish your dreams if you want them. That's right. And don't compare yourself because yeah. prime example, Lady Gaga has fibromyalgia. Now, <laughs> Beth is not going to be able to be swinging off of stuff from the ceiling and doing all that dancing. Right. But one may look and say, well, Lady Gaga has fibro and she's able right. to do X, Y, Z. Understand that the way that your illness affects you is going to be different than everybody else in the world. Don't compare. Exactly. That's such a good one. Seriously. Don't compare. It doesn't to anything, to anyone. You're your own person and you're the person you should be. If you're the type of person, you should be the person you're, um, what's it called? You're in com competition. competition. Yeah. 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 <laughs> compete with yourself and no one else. And even then don't compete with the 21 year old you. <laughs> oh yeah. Because let me tell you, we went to an amusement park and I was like, oh, I can't ride rides anymore. <sighs> 
Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Now I know. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously. I'm not 21 anymore. <laughs> yep, exactly. Oh my gosh. Getting older and chronic illness and being successful all in one. <laughs> so Beth, you have the floor. Tell us what you have coming up, where people can find you. If you have any courses or programs or anything, anything they can find you or you have for them. Yeah, absolutely. So I like to be on Instagram um, at the Beth Ruffin. It's very simple, but I am actually building a course for inclusive leaders. It's a group coaching program and we're going to have live coaching calls. We're going to have a community, some, you know, hot seats and things like that. I really want to help people get out of that fear. Yeah. Um, I hear so many people say, I don't know what to do. I'm afraid. And it paralyzes them. Mm. And I want to help them get out of that fear and really get move into action. Um, and so that's an upcoming um, group coaching program. If you want to, you know, email me or jump in the DMs, I can send you the information for that. Um, but yeah, and the podcast. So I have a soft launch, but I'm going to launch it in October. Ooh. So, so is it out on Spotify already? And and Apple, all the above? There pro- it is out there. Yes. But I haven't done an official launch yet. Got you. Yeah. Got you. So all of Beth's link will be in the show notes below. You can find her there. You can find her on Instagram, send her a DM if you are looking for that program. And any last thoughts you'd like to tell the audience, Beth? My favorite words of all time, you belong here. Mm. Um, and you belong here as you are right now. Right? So- um, sick, not sick, successful, making your way to successful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you belong here before you get that position you want, before you start that business, before your income level, right? You belong mm-hmm. here now. And any room that you walk into, you belong there. Don't let anyone tell you differently. So, so, so true. Even if you feel uncomfortable, you belong. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Go show Beth some love on her social channels. And remember, dream big. It's possible for you. And your next version of success is around the corner. Mwah! <laughs>